The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on July 23rd, 2008. The original title was this, Podcast, Workplace Violence and Misclassification, double ouch. And this was the original description. Jim starts off with shocking news about workplace violence, but he is more shocked that it's not uncommon. Karen rants about how easy it is to get a gun and bring it to the workplace. Did you know that so many companies misclassify recruiters? And if you signed a contract that said you could not work in your field for a period of time, would that be a legally binding document? Um, not so much. Tune in to another exciting episode of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. And you too, dear listener, can hear what what was originally said way back when, July 23rd, 2008, after this special message. Critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, I hope, I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of cancel culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook, Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Jim, did you finish that podcast, that, that survey for the Recruiters Lounge? The survey thing. Yes, I finished the survey thing. You can, say it, you can see it online at therecruiterslounge.com slash PS. P is in podcast, S is in survey. Uh, but we got to figure out how to tell people about it. Well, everybody, I mean, we've got this really cool survey that we really need to get some information from you guys. And so if you can please just go online and help us out and fill it out, we'd appreciate it. And I think, Jim, we just told him. I think we did. TheRecruitersLounge.com slash PS. That's P as in podcast, S as in survey. Operators are standing by. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matinen. And welcome to The Recruiters Lounge. The Recruiters Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. 
So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. SGA Executive Tracker Pro is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here it is, people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Strauss said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product. And I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. Hey everybody, this is the Recruiter's Lounge. I'm Jim Stroud, Beth Karen Madden. Hey everybody. See, I had to think of something different. You know, always the same thing every time. I need something different, so. I was trying to do the Vietnam thing, you know. Good morning, Vietnam. We're not even, oh, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, the good morning, whatever. Yeah, it didn't work. No, it didn't. (laughs) Thanks, thanks for trying. I, I appreciate that. Well, you always want to try something different. Oh, this is true. This is true. I'm, I'm actually I'm feeling a little little bummed out today. Just not a lot, just a little bit. I was sort of concerned about something I saw in the news. You heard about this this thing that happened? I think it was in Kentucky. Yeah, you mean the, the gun thing, right? Because you were just talking about that in case anybody wonders, right? You mean about this guy who got the guy? Well, you described it. You described it. Six people were shot dead in Kentucky at, at a uh, plant rampage. And they were talking about on the news about how tragic it was, and it was tragic, and it was shocking. And, you know, look at these people, you know, walking out of the place and looking all freaked out, understandably so. But as, a, as awful and as weird as that is, I was surprised to find out that it's not uncommon. Well, what surprised me, you know, okay, it happened in Kentucky, but what surprised me was this week, Kentucky passed a law that allows um, you to have was it listen to last week that they were allowed to have guns in their property at work. That's scary. I mean, before we get into more than that, let me, let me backtrack a little bit because I have some stats here this time. Um, uh, Department of U.S. Department of Labor, and this was from July 08, so it's not too far away. The U.S. Department of Labor stated that there were 787 uh, assaults and, uh, and other violent acts that took place in private businesses in 2006. Yeah. Resulting in 562, 562 homicides and 439 by gunfire. Yeah, but you see, people don't think that it happens. They think, oh, if I take my gun into work, I'll be able to protect myself. Really? How do you intend to do that when you're shot? You get probably by the gun that you brought into work. You know, when someone dies in the workplace, 10% of those deaths are attributed to assaults and violent acts. The rest, I guess, are safety-related or something. But... Why would you allow someone to bring a gun into your workplace 
laws now, states you these, can't have it in certain states. I mean, right now there's a law, there's um, legislation that limits an employee's ability to make any policies against uh, weapons in the workplace are Alaska, Florida, Georgia, Kansas, Kentucky, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Utah, and Louisiana just added themselves to the list. Louisiana just recently added themselves. I think Kentucky actually, I was mistaken. Kentucky was on before and Louisiana just added. I mean, this could be really bad and quick or really, really, really bad. Um, One, you may have the the gun advocacy groups that say, hey, if only the bad guys have guns, then, you know, only the good guys will will get shot. So if you had on one side of the room people who had a bad day, with a gun, and everybody knew that everyone else in the room had a gun, you might think twice about opening fire. Really? Unless you're suicidal. But why should I have to worry about you having a gun, even if you think you're the good guy? I mean, the fact, who can protect me against you? Because I'm the good guy. You think you're the good guy, but maybe you might make a judgment call, because i got a question. What's to make you think that somebody with another gun is not a bad guy? Because they're not me. Exactly. See, and I know that I'm. I know that I'm not going to shoot up the place. So that's what I'm saying. So let's just go ahead and shooting rampage because you think the guy next there is the bad guy, but he's not. He's just really a good guy. So I'm thinking like this. I'm I'm arguing. I'm arguing for the the side of the gun advocates. All right. Let's say that uh, I know that all these workplace violent accidents happen all the time. Well, not accidents, but somebody breaks up with their girlfriend or wife or something. They just get mad and want to kill everybody and themselves. So I'm going to keep myself protected so in case something like that does happen, I can jump out and save the day. But I have a question. Don't you ever break up with your wife, girlfriend, and what else? And you don't think that maybe somebody like me is going to probably want to do the same to you? I mean, who's going to protect you from me or me you from have, you? When you register for a, a weapon, don't uh-huh. you have to go through some sort of uh, uh, background verification for mental illness? And it depends things? on where. Do you know that if you go to a, a gun show, you can actually get them there at a gun shows without having to do that. If you also go to a personal dealer, you don't have to be registered. Get out. Nope. But you still need to be registered. Well, nope. you have to cover concealed. Now, nope. I'm asking you this now. This, this law in Kentucky is that, uh, not Kentucky, uh, no station mentioned Alaska, Florida. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Are those the right to bear arms uh, concealed weapons, or do you have to wear them out in public? Uh, I think you have that you can have conce- Well, public is a little higher. Only some states allow you to show it public, Okay. Um, uh, they have to, that's a bigger one. You want it to show it public, but to have a concealed one is where they, most of them have you do it, you know, because you don't want to keep it out in the open, you know. Right. But the fact is, is that if I buy a gun from a private dealer, you think I'm going to have to go ahead and tell the world that I've got one? Private dealer's not going to tell anybody. <laughs> most of them supposed to, but they don't do it. They don't. It's not obligated by law if you're a private dealer to sell a gun. Well, and most people like who they, they sell their guns to. No, you don't have to go ahead and do a background check. And they don't have to like give somebody a record of who they, you know, on the receipt, whether nope. the name real or not, or whatever. They can give them a. All they got the private dealer takes a telephone number and an address, and that and we hope that it's it's real. So how do you think so many guns get sold to crooks and criminals on the street? That's I mean, seriously. Scary. I mean, it was like. I laugh when people think it's a, there's this process that we go through, and it's like, yeah, right. 
There's he's so many ways to get around it. So let's just say, Jim, here's Jim Stroud who thinks he's the hero and he's got a gun at work and he's going to protect me, okay? Just in case something happens, just in case. Just in case. Just in case. And then my husband comes into the office, and Jim doesn't know who my husband is, okay? My husband had a long day at work. He comes in, maybe even looks shabby. He cuts his hair all oily or whatever, you know, whatever, because he's been working with the car and can't pick me up, whatever, okay? All right. His hair is long or dainty. And Jim all of a sudden thinks this guy's crazy or whatever. You know, his eyes are red because he had a long day, whatever. You know, things happen, right? Maybe he's got a cold. I don't know. And Jim becomes the hero and kills my husband because my husband's got a gun and Jim noticed it. So I would have just shot the guy down without. It happens. That's the thing that means that that's the issue that happened. Is and that's what I'm making. This is the kind of stuff that happens. Do you know proven fact that the states that have gun laws allowing people to hold have concealed weapons, those states have higher incidences of murder. By weapons and guns? Then uh, and they're not going to change the law? No, because actually they just made the law. They, I mean, tell you, some of those states that you just saw, Florida, for example, just made a law that said it's okay for an employer cannot tell a, uh, you cannot put a policy that says you can't bring a gun to work. So now in Florida, legally, you could be sitting down next to everybody or all the, anybody in your office could have a gun. How does the interview process work out, I wonder? Say you interview for a job at one of these companies, and they say, well, these are the benefits. You know, you have health, medical, dental, and free firearm or firearm insurance. <laughs> uh, free bullets. Free bullets. Yeah, yeah seriously. I mean. Wasn't there, a, wasn't there a movie that Michael Moore did, a documentary, where he was able to take a gun into a bank? Columbine. I think that was a Columbine one. And they, could, they were selling guns inside the bank? Yeah. That was they're giving away free guns. And no, and no one saw <laughs> Walmart. It is wrong. You can go to that. Walmart and buy a rifle. By the way, do you know you can buy a rifle without a without a background check? You just can't buy handguns. But you can buy rifles without a yeah, big ass rifles. It was like the shotguns. Just pow. You know, places like Walmart, you can buy those without a background check. Wow. Yeah, that's the scary part. I mean, it's like yeah. I mean, it, it it's not black and white. But the, no, companies really have, but, the, but the companies have to let the employees know their rights to openly wear weapons or not. Is it that? No, you just can't, the company just cannot send say, hey, you cannot bring guns to work. That's what it is. It's that they they can't, somebody can't say it. So if there's a law in one of these states. Um, Every one of those states that I mentioned. Okay, if there's a law in the state, uh, pick a state, let me just say. Uh, Alabama was one? Florida. Florida, okay. So Florida if Florida, Florida is legal for me to walk into an office space with a gun and work there and no one can say anything to me. Right. <sighs> That's what I'm telling you. And I'm sorry but the gun advocates who think it's their right to have a gun. i got to tell you something. I have to feel comfortable in my space, and I think it's my right that you should not Make me that uncomfortable and scared by having a gun. Well, they say you don't have to work here. Uh, neither do you. That's true, but I'm not the one uncomfortable. Well, neither. You think that you're the only one that's going to be happy about you having a gun in the workplace? Come on. I got to tell you right now, the majority is going to rule on this one. Well, I'll tell you what. When it's time for an employee evaluation, I think it'll go along real nice. <laughs> 
I mean, the baby had no kidding, you know. That's what's it. I mean, the thing about it is, is that the discomfort is not. You have the right to bear arms. I grant. I I believe that. You know what? Then take it the right. and put it in the car. Leave it in the car where it's locked up, and you don't have to bring it around me. That's the way I look at it. You do have the right. I do think you should have the right to wear your arms. I do think you have the right to have them, but just don't bring them around me. Hmm. You know, you got a home, lock it up at home. You got to, you know, keep them in your house, keep them in your car, keep them on your personal property. But being around me, that's invading me to my territory, not just mine, but everybody else's. You know, it almost hurts as bad as being shot. What? Getting a pimp slap from the Supreme Court. A what? A pimp slap. What's that? That's when um, <laughs> the the real explanation of a pimp slap is when a pimp would, would uh, slap one of his uh, workers uh-huh. for not doing a, a proper job or not bringing him enough money. Okay. When the Supreme Court pimp slap you, they do it with millions of dollars. Now, is this guy... They do it with what? They do it with millions of dollars. Oh, okay. I'm going to read to you as part of this... Uh, this this um, post I'm reading here, this guy named Robert Gentry, mm-hmm. he brought a class action suit claiming that the employer, uh, that employer being Circuit City, had misclassified salaried customer service managers as exempt from the overtime provisions of the California Labor Code. Oh, yeah, that's my, oh, my God, Walmart, you name it. Okay, go ahead. Because Gentry had signed an agreement to arbitrate, and the agreement contained a class action waiver. The trial court ordered arbitration on an individual basis. The California Court of Appeal affirmed. The California Supreme Court reversed. The Supreme Court held that in some cases the class arbitration action waiver may be contrary to public policy, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Circuit City misclassified ah, uh, their salary customer service managers and got into a bunch of trouble. Well, okay, I want to start with, go back to that one issue there, because a lot of companies, I know that's an interesting comment, by the way, I know this, I'm going to go back to the waiver. A lot of companies have people sign off on stuff, okay? Right. They'll say, oh, you signed off on this document, say, regarding um, when you decide to leave my company, you promise never, never to sell security alarms ever again. Right. Or you promise never to ever be an IT worker ever again, or at least for another hundred miles and for the next ten years. Okay, put in these. Which, which really, which, which I really have an issue with because if someone has worked, say, selling security alarms their whole life, and they want to work at this one particular company because they have a big name, it doesn't work out with that company, decide to leave. You mean I can't? continue to function in a career that I've been doing my whole life just because I well, chose to. Well, that's where I was going to come in with this. You see, because the courts have come, have realized that sometimes a per, an arbitration clause or any type of a restraining kind of a contract or whatever like this against companies, I mean against recruiter or employees, it's, um, if it becomes too tight, too restrictive, or can harm the person, it doesn't uphold in court. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and that's just, that's even online clauses and online contracts. Any contract, if there's something, if the contract itself is shady, or it's just too restrictive. Like, for example, let's say, for example, I work as a recruiter, and they say I work in, say, New York, where um, non uh, non compete agreements are legit. Okay, not in California. Right. Non competes are not legit in California unless you're one business owner who sold it to another business owner. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I know a lot of people don't. Another thing, what you can do though is I can have 
not a non-compete, but I can have a non-disclosure in California. I can make sure that you do not disclose or even go ahead and harm me by at least utilizing my company information. To another well, person. you know what? That, that necessarily sounds so bad. It's, That's fair. It's like, yeah. hey, I work for my clients. I've made my client list. You just can't take my client list with you, and you can't disclose anything you learned from me because it could harm my business. Uh, but you as, long, as, long as, that, as long as that is proprietary. Right, it's proprietary, exactly. Well, even if you sold it, let's say you work for me and you picked up six or seven clients. They're my clients, not yours. Because what, you worked what, what, for me and I paid your salaries for those. That's what your job title was to do. Okay, you were paid ask, to sell and buy and bring in clients like that for my company. Let me ask How this. You? Okay, let me ask you this. Say I work for you and I work with six of your clients. I left. They came to me. I didn't. I did not approach them. Um, Called me out. The, the, that's where the login it gets ticky-tacky, ticky, but the fact is is that if even if they came with you, you should say, look, you know, I can't touch you for the next two years. That would be the ethical thing to do. No, actually, that's but, but is that the illegal thing to do. If you don't want your ass in the jail, I mean, going into court, I would say that's what you want to do. That would be the smart thing to do because you'd have to go to court, and depending on if the judge got, had a, intimate, got intimate with his wife that morning and he was happy with her, you know, it's going to come down to how the judge reads it. And sometimes they're going to be in a bad mood, and sometimes they're not so bad, and some days they're going to be nice to you, and some days they won't. It's all going to come down, as I always say, excuse the expression, if the judge gets laid that morning or not. Such a uh, rosy picture of the... Well, that's the best way to describe it. I mean, because we will always ask, how did this happen? How did these judgments come across? Because you may find one Supreme Court or one appellate court, sorry, one appellate court, a California appellate court might come out and say, hmm, you know, we're going to go with this. And then the Fifth Circuit Court would say, no, we're not. And you'll find that there's two dissident agreements or, or dissident um, opinions on the same same thing. Like, for example, let's take O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Oh, let's just go with that. All right. And O.J., he was found guilty in one court. Another court found him not. Same crime. They tried him. Yeah, they tried him on civil rights the second time, right? Civil, but it was not civil rights on a civil court. I mean, uh, civil. It was, in other words, it means that the family went after him this time, not the government. And I always thought that was kind of weird. Not that I'm, you know. You mean double jeopardy? Yeah, because I thought it was double jeopardy. Well, you see, he wouldn't. I know there's a lot of public outcry about it, but. Well, civil court, he can never go to jail. Civil court means it's just that the family's paying once damages, and that's what they're just going for monetary, okay? So the courts allow you, as a human, as a family, or the the people who are grieving, to be able to say, look, I don't like what the federal courts come up with. We're going to go ahead and say we want monetary damages for what happened. Even if it was an accident, we want you to pay for hurting our little baby. But see, that admits guilt. Yeah. That's why the civil trials always come after the federal. (laughs) But that's that's double jeopardy. Okay, if you find me... Double jeopardy means you cannot be tried by the federal courts, the government... But the same thing twice. But, but it doesn't say you can't be, you cannot be sued for a wrongdoing. So that's the difference. I mean, oh, that's is, so bogus. It's not a crime. It's civil. A civil court is not being tried for a crime. But even being, you're found guilty on a civil, in a civil case. You're not being charged for a crime. You're not being charged for a crime, but it's still an admission of guilt if you're found guilty on it. Correct. 
not really, because he was found. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think he was not guilty when he was found not guilty uh, in the federal? Did I think he was not guilty? Uh-huh. Was that an admission of his innocence when he was found not guilty? See what I'm saying? All right. I mean, it's like not, not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who have gone to jail for 15, 20 years, and they were found guilty. And guess what? DNA then come back later, 20 years later, and they found out, hey, you know what? This guy was innocent. He didn't rape that person. So you got to be careful what we say here. I mean, if because he was found guilty doesn't mean he was considered guilty. It just means that a jury of his peers looked at the evidence and found that the evidence made him appear to be guilty. His book now was a different. Now let's go to his book. That's a different. Oh, thing. that was such bad taste to put that out. Yeah, right. Well, his. Book oh, that was bad taste. Yeah, if you want to, I wouldn't even buy it. Okay, but if you want to, and I don't, I'm not advertising his book. Okay. I'm not. But if you look at, you want to talk about admission, maybe read his book, and then that's where you can find Well, the title says it all. The title of the book is called If I Did It. And if he did it, the book explains if he were to do it, this is how he would have. Well, you see, the thing about it is he I mean, could go is- ahead and actually admit. He could even say, yes, I did it today, and it wouldn't matter. He would never get tried for that, not in a federal court. But he can get tried at a state court, right? Not anymore. No, he can't be tried ever again. That's where he cannot be tried by the federal. Only murder is only federal, hun. So, so he, he can be TV tried. right now and, and laugh and say, I did it. Ha, yeah. ha. He cannot be tried for the crime of murder for his wife ever again. What a country. I mean, the fact is he's already been found innocent. That's where double jeopardy is. So he cannot be tried, tried for murder of the crime. Now he said to pay damages for civil, which is still bizarre. That's not a crime. But it's, it's still an admission of guilt. Again, it's not an admission of guilt. It's just that a, for a Paris, a court of a Paris said, "Hey, we think that the evidence says you're guilty." Doesn't mean he's guilty. Just says that they thought that the evidence was compelling. Mm. I'm not defending OJ, please, folks. I'm just giving some facts here as it is. Well, that's the same thing in our industry. And that's the same thing with regards to what we talk about in regards to, like, let's go back to these contracts. We go ahead and we rob these contracts, and people say, oh, I put this contract out there. That must mean it's X, Y, Z, and it's legit. And I'm, like, laughing and going, no. It's legit because you think it's legitimate because it's on a contract? Well, that's, people think that a lot. They say, well, I'm going to make you sign a contract, and I'm going to put ridiculous things on there without even knowing. It's like I'm, like, always thinking, talk to a lawyer. Because you can have somebody sign any type of contract. It doesn't mean squat. Like, okay, I'm going to give you another example. Let's talk about misclassification. You know one of my hot topics, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this going back to what this here is, misclassification in regards to Circus City, and then there's misclassification. I mean, that's like the top subject right now with the government, okay? It is a hot topic, now, the landscape that is going on in the House and the Senate regarding misclassification is hot. This is a hot topic. This is as as hot a topic as in regards to immigration because of the billions of dollars we're losing. And I'll give you a perfect example. FedEx got charged, we talked about this not too long ago, 300 and something million. Altogether, it's going to end up being about a billion after all four years are compiled. Okay? Not a good day for Well, you know, I can say screw them. And I'm going to... Hey, I like that company. Well, let me tell you why. They always get my packages there absolutely overnight, okay. yeah, every may time. May I say why I say screw them? Please. Because they hurt 
those people that were employed for them. They also hurt our economy. That is a billion dollars that could have been invested into our economy. That is a billion dollars in state and federal taxes. That is a billion dollars in, okay, let's take these guys, $300 million in one other lawsuit not too long ago. Let's just go to the $300 million in FedEx. Right? Let's just go with them, okay? Yep. $300 million in just back taxes, which, by the way, means that somebody else out there, these employees, hundreds of employees, had to pay their own full taxes. They had no Social Security benefits, no unemployment benefits. No workman's comp because they were misclassified as being um, contractors rather than employees. They didn't get the same benefits, obviously, as all of their other employees. Now, the argument would be, well, FedEx couldn't afford this? Bull crap, because they said that when they pay off this $300 million, that they're going to have a tremendous amount of money still and that they won't go out of business, they will do fine. Well, guess what? Why didn't you give the people the money in the first place and not have to pay that penalty? Well, you're assuming they knew it could have been a clerical error or it could oh, have been. Please. I'm just sorry. I'm arguing both sides. For four to five years? What possible. You don't, okay, let me question. That's another point here. People possible. say, okay, hold on. Some people say, okay, when I talk about. I'd say it's just about X, Y, Z, you know, hey, that company may be doing this roughly. Well, they've got a lawyer. I'm sure that they know. You don't think FedEx had tons of lawyers or accountants? Well, when you're a company that size, I can see it being more of an issue. Well, I mean, they've got general counsels and they've got You have a company the size of, of FedEx, I can see that being more of an issue, yes. Yeah, I mean, come. To me, I look at that as greed. They're putting money in their pocket, hurting our economy. It's not like, I mean, a billion dollars and that's just one company. Now, let's add up all the other companies, like, let's say, Best Buy, who got hit with misclassification. We got... Um, we got Costco. Well, that's one. Actually, they did. I don't think that was uh, misclassification. That was just um, discrimination. Walmart too, right? Walmart Yeah, Walmart again for misclassification. You've got a few other huge corporations out here, but there's also the big one. You know what's the big one now? It's telecommuting misclassification. That there's a, that's a classification for telecommuting. Yeah. How does that work? Well, you know, for one thing, a lot of people don't recognize that. First off, let's use recruiters. Recruiters are one of the most erroneously misclassified employees. And I was just telling somebody the other day, the best way to define a contractor is think of a accountant, think of a lawyer, think of a third-party recruiter. These people are contractors. A person, a company calls them up and says, ring, ring, I need your services. Can you come in here for a week, a month, or a year, and this is how much I'm going to charge you for the project. You can't pay salary. You can't pay wages. You're going to be told that you can't have any other clients, that you only work for me. You can't pay for their computers, their business cards. You can't pay for any of their information. You can't pay for any of their expenses. See, you think I'm going to go tell my favorite client, United Technologies, hey, guys, will you go ahead and pay for my business cards? Do you think I'm going to tell my client, hey, by the way, you know what? I'm only going to come in and work at your office every single day so that I can make my job easier? Come on. So for a company to protect itself, basically it has to say, look, I'm going to hire you, uh, Mr. or Ms. Alleged Contractor, to work on this one particular project. When this project is over, then we're done. 
Yeah, and you don't and even get there and say, okay, I'm going to stuff fire you in a year because I don't want the radar on me. Okay. That is like the biggest copper that I've seen. That's the biggest excuse many companies use. They say, well, hire you for six months to a year so that we don't have the IRS radar that these are the Department of Labor. By the way, this is not just an IRS issue. Do not get confused that this is an IRS issue. This is a huge Department of Labor issue, too. Fair Labor Standards of, you know, FLSA, the Wage Act, okay? Mm. What is that? Fair Labor, labor Standards. Fellows. I mean, okay. we'll, we'll look it up. Go ahead. Anyways, so anyways, the thing is that comes from this all, and I see this happen, is I see so many recruiters every single day, they go ahead and they'll have no, un- they, get, they get laid off because there's no job security. And after they get laid off, they have no unemployment. And I'm like, you should have had unemployment. It's, a fair, it's a fair Labor Standards Act. Thank you. Yeah, that's obvious, the act. Okay, so then they have no unemployment. And I'm like, why don't you have unemployment? You just work for that company making 45 bucks an hour. You had a boss. Let me uh, throw this address out because we're, we're getting close to our time. The address to look up, about the, to look up information on the Fair Labor Standards Act um, I found Several it here on the no, York. No, don't do that because it's, it's, that one is just way too big. What you want to look up is misclassification, and I'll give you some links. What you want specifically is on misclassification. Okay? Misclassification. The Act falls under so many different areas. But the biggest issue that I wanted to mention here in regards to telecommuting, because this is a new one, okay? Companies, we talked about this briefly yes, last time we, we spoke. You and I were talking about if you're in the line um, at Walmart and you're on the phone, Talking to a client. Right. Should you get paid if you're you get paid? checking well, your BlackBerry in the, in the uh, Walmart line? If you're working and you're working based upon your hours, uh, and if you're not making at least 16 to $1,700 an hour based upon, well, that depends on the state that you're in, time mm. and a half, okay, because um, it's supposed to be based upon the minimum wage, time and a half. If you're not making the minimum wages, time and a half, with overtime, at least once a week, and that's usually about 16-something a week based upon current minimum wages, okay? Mm-hmm. That's about week per month, sorry, my bad, 1600 bucks a month. Then you definitely, definitely, 100% need to be paid. Now, again, based upon misclassification and classification, it can be higher because let's go, for example, if you're working in IT or if you're a professional or how you're classified, then that 1600 is a little higher, it's a little much higher. Okay, right. because we talked about IT was twenty seven hundred. I mean twenty seven dollars an hour. Yep. Okay, that was the minimum for just one minimum, not time and a half. Okay, follow me. I'm a little com- tired and confused there. Okay. It's okay. Keep going. But so what happens is with telecommuting, people forget. Okay, from you got an employee working at home, and so she now leaves to go to get in the car and she's driving to your office. Guess what, dude? Click, talk, tick, talk, tick, talk, tick, talk. That's time. Driving to the office. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also, she's at home, and she's every hour she's on that phone. She better be taking lunch, because if she's not taking lunch, there is a penalty that can be held against you, too. You better make sure she has her lunch every day, even when she's working from home. When she's working overtime, well, she's working to pay, I have to pay someone. I have to buy. I have to buy their lunch. No, you don't. You have to allow employees to take lunch off. Oh, okay. 
You've got to give them the mandatory lunch break. I thought, I thought you were going to say I had to pay for their lunch. Depends on the hours. Yeah. Depends on the hours. So they work over the they work over forty hours a Depends week. Depends on that too. Some yeah. Do you know that if there are also holiday pay must be paid as well? Well, People I knew that. People argue that one. I don't have to pay overtime on holiday. Yes, you do. Everyone knows that. No, everyone does not know that. There are people out there who do not pay overtime on holidays. I think and they're pretending not to know that. some require that you pay holiday pay as time and a half. I think they're pretending not to know that. I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's so bizarre how people don't know this stuff. I mean, look at FedEx again. I mean, people say, well, I always hear people go, well, uh, I have a lawyer. I mean, I always ask the question, is your lawyer an employment lawyer? Uh, no, he's contract, or he's a business lawyer. Okay, if he's not an employment lawyer, and I'm sure he may have told you, he might have expressed to you that says, I don't know for sure, but this is what I think, then don't listen to him. Because he's only going to come back and bite you in the hiney. Pardon me? Because he's only going to come back and bite you in the hiney. He could bite you in the hiney. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I will tell you right now, if you listen to me 100%, you're an idiot. Because guess what? Even if I was a lawyer, I'd still say you're an idiot. Because guess what? I don't know what state you're in. I don't know your state laws. I'm not a lawyer. I'm maybe versed in a lot of this stuff sometimes, depending on my day. (laughs) Okay? I do know how to ask. If somebody were to call and say, can you find out something from me, I know who to call and who to ask and then find out the question for your response. And as I said, I want to state this again. I just report the facts. So people call me up and say that they're doing X, Y, or Z, or they know about somebody doing X, Y, and Z. It's none of my business. I don't care how you do your business as long as you're not penetrating mine. I don't care how you do your business as long as you don't affect me. I report the facts, and that's all. Okay, I report what I see and I report what I hear, but it's none of my business about reporting your business. Okay? And on so. that note, and on that note, um, before we close out, because we are out of time, I want to do another uh, heads up on a webinar that's being uh, sponsored by The Recruiter's Lounge and Hire Centrix. Yoo-hoo! Hire Centrix! That's mine! <laughs> what did you say? I didn't hear you. Could you say it again? Uh? I didn't hear you. Could you say it again? Okay, by the way, can I still enforce something? Higher Centrix is still in beta stage. We're going through and working through a tremendous number of glitches. So when you do visit, please come back. It may not be the most user-friendly site at this point, but there is going to be a tremendous number of changes. The reason that we have pushed it up in such a fast, fast time is because of something that Jim Strada and I are very fond of, there's a conference we're putting, we're associated with, and um, friends of ours, and me, of course, involved with, because they don't, you know. Anyways, why don't you tell them about the conference? I'll let you tell them about it. But R4! Yay! R4.com. Go check out R4.com. The letter R. R4conference.com. R4conference.com. R4conference is a nice little baby and where people like want to know, if you want to know anything about what we're discussing on the Recruiter's Lounge. From a from a deeper HR law perspective. Yeah, I mean because it's about risk. It's gonna be we're gonna have four separate conferences in four separate states. One ticket allows you to have access to all of these conferences, and you can either buy them a la carte 
or one ticket to get all of the entrance to all of them, okay? But here's the big wow. Mm. It can be viewed on the computer at your desk. Can you believe it? Anyways, I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm, like, so excited about this because this is the brainchild of myself and another individual. I'm not sure if he wants his name out yet, okay? But he is a cool guy. I think he wants his name out. Mm, If you don't know, don't say. Okay, then I don't know. I guess he's awesome, though. I mean, anyways, it's not that it's a secret yet, but, you know, it's just that we're trying to keep some things cokey on in regards to the business at this point, but because there's going to be a huge bang of surprises, just like with Hyrocentrics. So, guys, please, humor me. Come over to Hyrocentrics. Come over there and visit, and then go over to R4 Conference and sign up, okay? Sign up to get your name on that list, and when we start selling the tickets, you'll be one of the first one out there. The conference is in September, the first every Thursday and Friday for every week of September. And those addresses, again, are R, the letter R, for conference.com. And the other website we want you to check out is Higher Centric, which is H-I-R-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-X.com. Wow, I can't believe that was a mouthful, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. If our hearts and minds are clear, we will... Uh, departed this time. Thank you, Karen, once again for being in the Recruiter's Lounge. You helped make it what it is today. Oh, thank you for having me, baby friend. Uh, My baby gay. Feel the love. Feel the love. <laughs> we'll be fussing in five minutes, so I feel the love now. I just got a from that one. Say what? I just got a toothache from that. Yeah. It was just too sweet. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And And we're we're the the Professional Professional Book Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!